Hi, it's Mark Stenson of Bioscience Bridge. I wanted to personally thank you for stopping by our podcast, The Patient Speak. Right now, we're preparing for a whole new season to be launched in September. In the meantime, I wanted to reissue some past interviews with healthcare executives, patient advocates, medical researchers, and other guests who share their insights on what it takes to accelerate the patient's journey. Hope you enjoy it. And now's the time to subscribe to The Patient Speak so you won't miss a new episode when we start our new season in September. Thanks for listening. Welcome to The Patient Speak, healthcare innovations accelerating the patient journey. Featuring interviews with healthcare leaders, patient advocates, medical providers, and researchers. Here's your host, best-selling author, Mark Stinson. Lee Tomlinson is the author of a book called Compassion Heals, From Self-Care to Healthcare. And those listeners that know me well know that my whole career, I've been in healthcare and pharmaceuticals, biotech, and understanding the dynamic between physicians and patients. And Lee has really represented the patient's point of view and bringing that compassionate message. Lee, welcome to the program. Uh, It's very good to be here, Uh, Mark. I I look forward to sharing with your listeners. And it's such a great journey. We're going to cover as many miles of that journey as we possibly can. Lee, tell us what brought you to this personal topic. So maybe you could bring us to Sure. So I have led a spectacularly wonderful life, Uh, not always healthy and and secure, but uh, wonderful. I've spent (laughs) an enormous amount of time in hospitals under the care of doctors and nurses and everybody else. Seven or eight years ago, I went into my ENT, ear, nose, and throat doctor, also my allergist, to take care of some breathing problems I was having because I was playing and bragging. I qualified for the California State Senior Amateur Golf Championships up at Pebble Beach. I knew if I couldn't breathe, my eyes were wide, I wouldn't play well. And I really, really wanted to play well. So I went in there and to figure out what I was allergic to. Nonetheless, I walked out three hours later with a diagnosis of stage three, stage four throat cancer that had spread to my lymph nodes and underwent the most grueling treatment of my lifetime. You took all of those medical interventions and the pain that I experienced during those months of three months of chemo followed by 35 straight days of atomic blasts Mm. to my throat, one of the most tender places on your body. It was all those times a thousand. At the very end of it, when life could not possibly, I thought, get worse, of course, that's what it always does. I was admitted to the hospital with an unidentifiable septic infection at the site of my port. And so now I'm dying of cancer. Um, dying of a septic infection. They can't even figure out what it is to treat the doggone thing. I hadn't worked in 10 months. Uh, we're accruing huge medical debt. Can't speak for you, but when I'm in misery, I sometimes take it out on others. And that mm-hmm. person was my beautiful, dear wife. So my marriage was on the rocks. I, I didn't know if I'd speak. I didn't know if I'd live. If there ever was a time, like all of those other times when I was hospitalized, that I could have used some simple human kindness call it kindness, call it niceness, call it compassion, call it whatever you will. Human connection, it was there because I was at the end of my rope and I got zero. Bottom line is that 
given that I was already at the very bottom, not sure if I could, you know, make it to the next 15 minutes, not to mention the next 15 years if I live, I realized that the people who take care of me in medical situations, they're in control of my life. And I figured if these people in whose hands I put my life don't care enough about me to be polite, kind, caring, you know, put any word you like in there, they must be right. And I, in fact, must be a burden. And I decided to end my life. I had enough fentanyl patches, put on enough, um, go to sleep, not wake up. And my family would get the benefits from a key man life insurance policy, which was millions and millions of way more than I was worth. But anyway, it was there. And I thought, what a great parting gift. I would have done that had it not been the day after I got out of the hospital, I was visited by a fellow named Dr. Dean Adele, who's my brother-in-law, very famous doctor. And I wanted to ask him how many patches to put on. And I stopped to pause after telling him all the miseries I had suffered. And he did something pretty amazing. He, first of all, put his hand on my arm, looked me square in the eyes, sat down and said, Lee, I am so, so, so sorry for the compassion you didn't get while you were in this hospital. He said, it is inexcusable. It is appalling and it's getting worse. You're not the only one, but please accept my apologies for the medical business that has treated you so poorly. And he said, but may I make a suggestion? How about this? Rather than giving up and giving in, how about you fight? And if you're lucky enough to live, how about you use your, if you can still speak with, because you know, they may have had to take out my tongue, um, you know, if you, to communicate to healthcare professionals from experience, the absolute necessity of being treated with compassion and the power it has to heal you when it's present and the horrible impact when it's not. And that, his belief in me, his taking that time with me, his apology, his um, politeness, literally restored my desire to fight and live. And it's why I'm alive today and didn't do myself in. So that's when out of that, he said, why don't you start a movement or something, which in my uh, chemo messed up brain. Yeah, movement. Perfect. Now, I didn't know what a movement was, but ultimately. <laughs> but you're ready to start one at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, but it sounds like a good idea, whatever the heck it means. Um, but as I began to heal, which took a year to gain my voice and swallow and all of that stuff rehab, I began to realize that that power of compassion he was referring to was it's now scientifically proven. It wasn't, you know, theory. It was absolutely scientifically proven. It is so powerful that it has been deemed to be mandatory if what you want is the best, quickest outcome for a patient. And the fact that I hadn't gotten it simply, you know, and considered suicide as a result was proof of that. And that's when I formed the Compassion Heals movement to restore the rapidly disappearing healing power of compassion to benefit not only patients, but what I found out is the 60 plus percent of healthcare workers who are burned out at any given moment and unable to be compassionate. So, you know, I really, my work in my life and the movement 
is about seeing that patients get the compassion they deserve from their providers and that their providers make sure that they're healthy and not burned out, which prevents them from being compassionate and fully competent. Yes, so strong and so important. And it's so interesting. I think it's worth underscoring what you said, that this is not simply a heartfelt you know, uh, good for fellow man, you know, I really want to express my compassion to you. But as a data driven, yes. you know, patients heal faster, doctors don't burn out as much. Uh, yes. And I know yes. that uh, one of the doctors who reviewed your book, Dr. James Doty, you yes. know, found it a center for compassion and altruism research. Yes, to get that data. At yes. Stanford. yes, there are hundreds of studies. It's interesting. So I spent a year, two years, three years, and still reading those studies, which are, to a non-clinician, probably the most boring documents on the face of the planet. Anyway, I, I spent hundreds of hours reading those. And then uh, a year, year and a half ago, a book came out called Compassionomics. And in it, two, Dr. Treziak and Dr. Mazzarelli, they took all of those studies and put the summaries into a book to reveal the immense scientifically proven healing power of compassion to benefit patients, providers, and the bottom line. It's great business to be compassionate as well. So it's a spectacular book if you want to know the truth about it. it it's nice to be nice, but it has immense, sometimes life-saving and life-giving power that we ought to use for ourselves. Because when we are kind to someone else, they have those healing benefits. And what's astonishing is, so do we as the givers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, doctors say, well, I can't be compassionate. I'm, I'm, I'm too exhausted. I'm too burned out. Time out. Be more compassionate. Make yourself be it. And pretend in the beginning if you need to. But literally, if you keep doing kind acts for people, it will heal you and your burnout. Mm -hmm. So it's not about doing less. It is about, you know, watching what you eat, watching what you drink, exercise, you know, all the things that we know are necessary for everyday health. But when you're burned out, one of the greatest tools is to just go out and be kind. What is it? Um, was it the Dalai Lama said? If you want someone to be happy, be kind. Hmm. If you want to be happy, be kind. And it's true. Now it's scientifically true. Yeah, and it's moved beyond the philosophy. I like that. Correct. It's hard uh, science. And Lee, you've had a chance to share your story and this mission with pharma companies like Eli Lilly and Bristol-Myers Squibb, and also with physician organizations in UCLA Hospital and others. It must not only give you a lot of gratification to share your story, but I would only imagine that it also becomes a magnet for other people to tell you their stories. Yeah. Uh, what has that exchange been like for you? Well, for me personally, first of all, when I did my TED talk, which was very, very, very early on in my effort, and it was still very hard for me to speak, I didn't really know how the message would be received. I was waiting to be introduced to another event, and I, there were two doctors sitting next to me talking, and they looked at the agenda and went, oh, geez. We got a patient advocate on how bad we are and how crummy we are. And, uh, no, wait, I'm that guy. Uh, I, that is not what I'm going to do. I love you guys. You guys have kept me alive, you know, 
through countless times, not to mention the cancer. I'm going to talk to you about taking care of yourself so that you can continue to be even more compassionate and more competent. So what happens is, is that I, when I get to be on stage in my gown, completely humiliated, you know, in my patient's gown, and I get to share my story and the pain I experienced, it's incredibly therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. Instead of stuffing it down, you know, stuffing pain down, which is what most of us do because we don't know how to healthfully, if that's a word, express it, it gets stuck in there and it's poison. And it absolutely can lead to burnout, um, illnesses. I was as burned out as a human can be when I went into that ENT to get my allergies checked. So it's not surprising to me what I know now that that burnout made me more susceptible to the cancer. So all of the pain, the suffering, the lack of attention, the lack of care, the lack of kind, all of that misery, to be able to share it absolutely helps heal me. And for whatever reason, my story resonates with my audiences deeply. Mm-hmm. they've been burned out. They know people who've been burned out. They know what it's like when they've been a patient and haven't gotten the compassion everybody needs when they hurt. Um, and so those that are healthy come up to me and say, thanks. I'm going to be even more so. You're right. I, I, I knew it was important. I just didn't realize it was this important. So that's helpful. And then I have people go, Lee, between you and me, I am so burned out, it's ridiculous. I'm going to go get help. Well, gosh, you know, they say that most people get into healthcare to heal the pain of others. I feel your pain, and I'd like to do something to help heal it. I always wanted to be a doctor or a nurse, but I didn't have the brains or the stomach for it, to be honest with you. But being able to share my story as Dr. Edel suggested I should, and have it move members of the audience to being a better self, to being healthier, to being more kind and caring to their patients and know that I've had that impact makes my heart heal and swell, you know, to the size of a small state. Um, So it's a blessing from heaven to be able to do what I've done. I have a lot of success in my life. But well, I was going to ask you, Lee, because, I mean, not only is your story compelling and very personal, but the storytelling, the creativity behind that. And I think <laughs> as I've learned more about you and your background, you know, <laughs> in the Hollywood studios with the yeah, yeah. Film Institute, yeah. at the Olympic Festival in LA, yeah. there is yeah. a certain yeah. dramatization of the story. And that's yes. not to say, I'm not trying to say you're overdoing the story. I'm just trying to say, that you also have that sense of how to tell the story in a very meaningful, personal, compelling way. Well, I am knowing what you know about what it takes to do that. I take that as a very high compliment. So thank you for that. I got a compliment the other day. I did a virtual one, which are not, I know they work, but not being physically close to my audience is, uh, is, mm-hmm. takes mm-hmm. away a lot of the joy of it for me. It's still wonderful because they have chat boxes, right? So I'm doing a virtual one the other day 
And I'm trying, you know, I'm looking at the slides, I'm looking at the timer, I'm looking at the screen, I'm trying to, and there's, people are chatting in the box. And I happened to see one from a doctor who said, Lee, thank you. You are a healer, healer. Hmm. Whoa. Um, that was spectacular. And I, I have that on my computer, actually. Um, to remind me on those days when, you know, going gets tough, that this is my mission, this is my purpose, this is my legacy. And gosh, I've done, what, a couple of hundred in the last six or seven years. I am still completely and totally dedicated to getting this message out there and seeing if we can't bring more compassion, not only to healthcare, but into the world that desperately needs it. We are hurting right now as humans. We are genetically bred down in our genes, in our DNA, to be compassionate. It has never been survival of the fittest or the strongest. It's been survival of the nicest, mm -hmm. who could go to their fellow cavemen and, and say to the little group of cavemen and women over there and kids, um, I noticed last night you went to sleep and you know one of those tyrannosauruses um, ate your ant. Um, that sucks. Uh, and you know what? We've had the same thing. How about this? You go to sleep. I'll look after you. Um, and then maybe if I go to sleep, maybe you'll, you know, do the same for me. And the answer was we formed communities. We came together. When we're born, this is astonishing to me. When we're born, if you put a child in a room with another child who's crying, unless stopped by a parent, family, or friend, they will automatically go to that child and hug them. Right. That's so I mean interesting that, that it's literally. against our nature, you know, yes. in, in yes. our DNA. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so that's part of the reason. Yes, we have economic issues and social issues and racial We All true. The only way we can solve those issues is by finding that compassion we were born with looking at others and being willing to see and hear their pain and just allow our genetics to react, which will automatically want to help heal them. Mm -hmm. That will help heal them. Me giving it will help heal me. And it's also been proven that when you give a kind act to someone, they're statistically highly inclined to pass it on to somebody else. So it becomes like a wave. It just keeps going and going and going and going. So think about this. If we had a, a million people do one kind act and each person did, you know, 50% of them did another kind act, 50%, we'd have 20 million kind acts in an hour. That 20 million, would every one of them save a life? No, of course not. But every one of them would relieve some level of pain for the giver and the receiver. And I do a challenge in my talks with healthcare professionals to say, all right, here's the deal. Over the next week, our Compassion Heals Challenge, you agree to do one kind act a day more than normal. Mm -hmm. One, one, open a door, smile at a stranger, whatever the heck it is, you know, small is all in compassion. It has the same impact. So it's the kindness you give to people, not the size of it that makes a difference. Uh, so strong. Well, and Lee, it's such a powerful, as you have called it, a mission. 
And you give the talks, you do the teleconferences, you've written the book. What, what other creative channels or mediums have you thought about to get the word out? Because I think well, about the listeners, you talk about connections. Maybe we yes. can pay it forward by thinking about other ways that we can support and get this message out with you. Well, thank you for that. The answer is, is <laughs> I hate to admit this, but so when I first started, you know, yeah, a mission, a purpose, a movement. Yeah, right. Gosh, I guess that means I need to speak to people. Well, very early on, I did my TED Talk. I spoke at Sloan Kettering. And all of a sudden, I got to speak in other places and it just kind of took off. But my goal has always been there are 22 million healthcare professionals in America today, 22 million, um, and they are deeply suffering right now. Um, and so my goal is always to get my message to all 22 million. Well, a buddy of mine came up to me just before the pandemic and said, Lee, stop with the 22 million. It's ridiculous. If you spoke every single day for the next 10 years and every audience was 5,000 people, you still wouldn't reach 22 million people. So forget about it. They said, why don't you write a book or something? Because that way you don't have to physically be there. Duh. Okay. So <laughs> I, I used to journal a lot. Particularly when speaking was difficult, when actually talking was difficult. Uh, and I was in recovery mentally, physically, and emotionally after my cancer. And so I had a ton of essays or entries or something. Anyway, so I, I started putting the book together. And what came out of it was the Compassion Heals from Self Care to Healthcare, the book. Well, it's been doing wonderfully well. And healthcare institutions are buying bunches of them to give to their people because it really is a love story and my expression of gratitude for the fact that they've saved my life all my life. But then the same guy comes up and he goes, Lee, great book. Love it. Thank you for the signed copy, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the book and you speaking, isn't going to get it done. You know, 22 million, forget about it. You're not going to sell 22 million books. What are you nuts? Uh, he says, so why don't you go back to your producer background, your Hollywood background? Why don't you make a documentary? Why don't you make a documentary series revealing all of these amazing healing powers and the science behind it and the impact for giver and receiver and the bottom line and what it could do for them. Why don't you do a movie or a video? And that's exactly what I'm working on as we speak. So I am going back to my Hollywood background. Um, we're in the process of looking for corporate sponsors. All of those 10 years of TV shows, primetime specials I produced for the American Film Institute and CBS, all of those were sponsor driven. So we are now looking for corporations that want to put more good into the world, that want to try and heal it. And the best way I know how, if anybody's got a better answer, I'm in. But simple human kindness, we know scientifically, can dramatically improve the lives of every human on the face of this planet at a time when we need it more than ever. So that's what the movie is about. So if anybody knows any organizations that would like to be in an international, uh, deliver it to an international audience at a time when it needs it the most, Let's get Compassion Heals, the movie made, and get it out there. I love it. Well, you've come to the right uh, audience because yes. uh, all the creative people here, we're going to compare notes, compare our Rolodexes, and see who we can come up with. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I so love fun. it. 
Love well, it. And I love how you've boiled it down, Lee. And as we close our conversation, first of all, what a, what a great time we've had together. I appreciate you sharing both your personal and your professional story. But as we think about going forward, I love the way you've boiled it down into this call to action to the professionals. Yes. But as a community, give, give us that same one thing you could do today. What do you think we should take away from our talk today? Yeah, if you don't take away anything else, do this. Go to my website. It's very clever. www.leetomlinson.com. The Compassion Heals Challenge is right there on the front page. Sign up. Agree to do seven days of kind acts. Little, tiny, you know, say hi to a stranger. Give them a nod, whatever. Seven days. And if you complete it, I will send you a free digital version of the book. So www.leetomlinson.com. Sign up for the challenge. We won't sell your name. We won't, you know, sell you anything. Mm -hmm. Take the challenge. We'll be in touch with you to inspire you and go put some good into the world. Well, we're going to take you up on that challenge. I love it. And I love, I love there's a line in your book that says we all have a compassionate role to play. And picking back up on our Hollywood and our film metaphors and connections here, let's play that compassionate role, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's because it's who we are. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, It's very good to be here. Well, listeners, my guest has been Lee Tomlinson. His book is called Compassion Heals, From Self-Care to Healthcare. He just reminded us his website is leetomlinson.com. Let's all go and uh, take the Compassion Challenge. Thanks for listening to The Patient Speak, Healthcare Innovations Accelerating the Patient Journey with Mark Stinson. You can listen to our show on any of your favorite podcast apps. Subscribe now so you won't miss an episode of The Patients Speak. If you're having an immediate suicidal crisis or emotional distress, I do want to remind you of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline in the U.S. It's 1-800-273-TALK. And if you're listening elsewhere, please find your local suicide prevention line. This podcast is produced by BSB Media. We also host another show you might enjoy, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. It's a top-rated podcast featuring interviews with creators around the world. We help you gain the confidence and connections to launch your creative work out into the world. Look for Unlocking Your World of Creativity on your favorite podcast app.